Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, beginning in the 30th chapter at the 15th verse, and Moses is preaching to the people. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to God, and to keep God's commandments, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to God's voice and hold fast to God. For the Lord is your life and God will give you many years in the land God swore to your fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The word of the Lord. Holy and gracious God, once again you set before us the choice of life and death. Help us to choose to live the ways that lead to life. Guide our feet, open our hearts, let us hear what you have to say to us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Many, many hundreds of years ago, a priest was going through some old scrolls in the temple in Jerusalem when he found a scroll that had been lost for centuries. As he read the words, he was astonished because written on the scroll were three sermons by Moses. Yes, Moses floated in the basket down the river to escape Pharaoh. Moses parted the Red Sea, led the people to escape from Pharaoh's armies, Ten Commandments, Moses. Here on that scroll, the priest read the words Moses had spoken about wandering in the wilderness after escaping Egypt, and there was a very long sermon that went on for chapters and chapters about the Ten Commandments with extensive commentary 
and 613 more ordinances and decrees. There was the last sermon that Moses preached just before the people were about to enter the promised land. They stood there on the hill and Moses said, God has a vision for a new nation. And Moses says, will you love the Lord your God? Will you devote yourself to God's ways that lead to life? Or will you succumb to hate and violence? Choose life. Choose life. Well, what was found in the temple that day was our book of Deuteronomy. And spoiler alert, it was not old when it was found. And it was not written by Moses. Some of it was written by priests and prophets in the 8th century BCE, when the king Josiah was trying to call the nation back to faith in Yahweh, back to faith in the God of their ancestors, back to faith in the God who commanded love, love of God and of neighbor. Rather than putting their faith in political alliances with Assyria, put your faith in God. Some of Deuteronomy may have been written in the 6th century BCE when the people were returning to Jerusalem after living in exile in Babylon. And so they stood there, and it was a new start once again for God's people. They're standing on the edge of a new day, a new beginning, a new promise. What kind of life will you make for yourselves? Deuteronomy was not so much written in the hand of Moses, but in the spirit of Moses. In every generation, God calls forth leaders to remind us of God's commandments, to remind us of love, to remind us to care for the stranger and provide for the poor and seek peace. In every generation, God begs us, begs us to choose life. In this season of justice, when children are our leaders, I've done some learning about some of the children and young people that God has raised up in the last 70 years in our nation. It seems that children and young people are often the first, the first to cry out for justice and rise up to call us to choose life. I learned of Barbara Rose Johns, who was a junior in high school in 1951. She attended an all-black school, Robert Rusa Moton High School in Prince Edward County, Virginia. And she knew her school wasn't good. And that tar paper shacks 
were not very good portables for the overflow because there were too many students. But it put her over the edge when she found out that the white school had science labs and a gym and working heat, which none of her school had. So she organized a strike with more than 100 students, and with the help of the NAACP, she brought a lawsuit that was one of the five cases in Brown versus the Board of Education. She challenged the law. Who will you love? Will you love your neighbor? Will you choose life? Now, it's said that she never gets any credit because, well, you know, she was just a kid. I have set before you life and death. In 1955, two teenage girls, Claudette Colvin and Mary Louise Smith, were arrested for refusing to give up their seats on a bus to a white person months before Rosa Parks. And they were the plaintiffs in the Supreme Court case that would end segregation on public transportation. They agreed to take part in the case because, as one historian remembers, the adults did not have the courage to do so. Thanks be to God for those girls, those young girls who had the guts to show us how to have the courage to choose life. Ezell Blair Jr., Franklin McCain, Joseph McNeil, and David Richmond were the young college students who on February 1st in 1960, what did they do? They sat down at the lunch counter at the Woolworths and again refused to get up. Within three days, 300 more people were sitting in at lunch counters all over the nation. And that's what started the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Council, SNCC, because they had to organize. Even without words, these young men put it before the nation, will you love your neighbors? One morning in 1963, 800 kids skipped out of school. Kids, first grade to 12th grade, to go to the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. They snuck out of school to march in the streets as part of MLK's Christian crusade. The children were arrested and put in jail cells, 75 kids to a cell that was supposed to house eight adults. I don't know, I, I hear about kids being held in cells. The next day, more children marched, and these were the children who were blasted with the fire hose and threatened by the dogs. And it was that image, that image that showed a nation 
that they, we, were choosing death. Protest against Vietnam War mostly began on college campuses with teach-ins and sit-ins. And then in South Africa on June 16, 1976, thousands of students in Soweto marched in protest of the apartheid education laws and the peaceful marchers were attacked by the police. And what happened that day sparked anti-apartheid anti protests that spread to the college campuses in the United States and then led to divestment and finally the unraveling of apartheid. In every generation, God raises up leaders God raises up young people who have a vision of a new community ruled by love, welcoming the stranger, refusing to hate. Choosing and calling us to choose life. How much do we need these leaders today. And we have them. Ava just spoke about plastics. Our children have preached in this pulpit about being called by God to work for climate change and to work to end gun violence in schools. And Greta Thunberg at 16, calls us to choose life. Moses commanded to let the earth rest from being planted every seven years. It's one of those 613 ordinances. But Greta calls us to let the earth rest. Plant forests, use wind power, eat plants, live green, so that we may choose life. Emily Gonzalez, David Hogue, other students, from Chicago, marched for their lives and really for all of our lives. The students marched to turn us away from our obsession with violence and gun culture and to stop us from bowing down to the gun lobby. I set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. For God's sake, for our sake, let us choose life. Now, that scroll that the priest found in the temple in Jerusalem really was ancient. It may have been written 2,000 years after Moses freed the slaves, but the words are no less sacred than if Moses had spoken them. Because they were and they are God's word. God's word is a living word. We know that. God is still speaking. God speaks through the ages. God keeps asking us again and again and calling us, Who will you serve? Whose law will you obey? Will it be the law 
of love. So may the young people give us courage and celebrate that they give us hope. And by the grace of God, may we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. In other words, may we choose life. Amen.